Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome, everyone, to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 103. Fredo Esparza here, flying solo. Haven't done a podcast in a while. I think there was about a two-week period in November where nothing was going on. And, I mean, since we do Lucha Talk almost every single week, it kind of, this podcast, unfortunately, sometimes, if it, it's basically just me doing it. So, and since Kurt doesn't really watch a lot of wrestling, it's, it's, it comes down to my decision on whether or not there's anything worth talking about. And usually if I bring it up on Lucha Talk, <laughs> I pretty much forget about it right afterwards. Uh, plus, there was a lot of stuff I was writing on um, with the Lucha reports and, you know, a couple of, um, I think, Hombre Bala passing away and all that. All of the, all of, There was a little bit more that I was writing than I was actually having time to do um, podcast. But this was, this was something I really want to do because there, you know, I guess, as I said, during the middle of November, there really wasn't a lot of news. But the last couple of days of November, there was a lot of news. And it really was something that, you know, uh, a, a really unfortunate moment in Lucha Libre that got got a lot of attention, media attention. It actually made its, it actually ended up, that, that clip of what happened actually aired on one of the local Los Angeles um, channels on, their, on during the news. <laughs> They kind of treated it as just another wrestling, um, you know, bad moment in professional wrestling, but it was far worse. Of course, what I'm talking about was the November 19th Arena Lopez Mateo show where Lucha Libre, boom, Lucha memes, all those groups that formed the PAL promotion or union or whatever they're called, um, got together, had a show that was mostly all hardcore matches. And they had a match between Angel Odemonio and Cuervo de Puerto Rico. And during this match, what actually went viral was this little, this clip. When this actually happened, we were actually recording Lucha Talk. And I usually, when the guys are, are, are talking, when it's somebody else's turn to talk, I'll usually look through um, my, my Twitter timeline to see if any, anything else has happened in case we, can, we need to update or give an update during the show. And of course, that ended up happening. The, 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 the the gif of Angelo Demonio throwing a brick, a cinder block at Cuervo de Puerto Rico's head made its made its way onto the onto Twitter, on social media. Once the gif made its way, then all the everybody started um, clipping it out and posting it on social media. Horrible looking incident. Actually I mean, one of the I, I can't even I can't recall a moment as horrible as that. Recently, I'm sure there's probably something that where you know somebody's brought you know done something even stupider. If they have, I I, I wouldn't be shocked. But um, this was really a dumb moment from Angelo Demonio uh, during the match. Angelo Demonio claimed that he had he had taken like in the clip you see him take two ter- two chair shots to the head that he doesn't really sell, and then you see him walk to the back and bring back a cinder block. He walks back into the ring, then he grabs the cinder block and t- and. And you could see Cuervo de Puerto Rico outside the ring. At first, he's looking for something below the ring. Then all of a sudden, he's, he lifts up his, his head. To, to, he's still looking towards the other direction, you know, towards the, you know, looking. I'm, I'm guessing he's still looking for weapons. And at that moment, while he's not even paying attention to Angel Demonio, Angel Demonio tosses a cinder block right at his head, knocks him out. Horrible, horrible moment. Um, Angel Demonio, you can see some blood ar- around him. You see the cinder block broken in half. After the match, after that, actually the match, 
they basically just ended it in a weird fashion. I think Angel Demonio went inside a casket. It was a, supposedly a casket match. I don't think it said that on the flyer. They must have like switched it around during the during the show or in a you know, one of the bad things with uh, a lot of um, Lucha Libre promotions is that they'll do a, a poster and then they'll do like three weeks in advance. Then they'll do like another one two weeks in advance and they'll do another one one week in advance. Then they'll do another one a couple of days in advance. So it's like they, they could update that thing constantly because of, of wrestlers um, notion being unavailable or the lineup having to change. And they'll just come up with other additional gimmicks for each match. I guess that somehow added was added into it. So Angelo Demonio went into the the casket to to end the match. Somehow Cuervo de Puerto Rico won the match despite being unconscious. Um, you see the doctor show up and attend. I think one of the doctors and a referee attend attend Cuervo de Puerto Rico. There's a lot that came out of that where people were questioning whether there was an ambulance. Um, the the quickness in helping out um, Cuervo de Puerto Rico. Um, Angelo Demonio, right after that, actually had to do an interview. I should mention this entire show was being streamed live by Mas Lucha. So you could only imagine that them, their, their, um, their, their, their thoughts on, on watching this live. I can't, I, I don't know, um, considering YouTube is constantly changing their policies, uh, I think this is something that at some point they're probably going to have to address with some of the promotions that they want to stream live or post, you know, in long form. Because at some point, promote um, YouTube is probably going to complain about them having violence on it, excessive violence, and that kind of qualifies for excessive violence. Uh, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's something they're thinking about. Probably not, because you know they're in Mexico, and a lot of people in Mexico don't really think about that stuff. Uh, but right after that, Angelo Demonio did an interview, and he did not seem an he seemed. He didn't seem apologetic at all, and he was basically saying how he got hit by he got he got like seven chair shots from Cuervo de Puerto Rico, and he justified throwing the brick as that for that you know as you know him throwing the brick was like a was like a his way of paying him back as a payback, and it 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 just came across so like so poorly. Right after that, the Mexico State Commission, um, because Cuervo de Puerto Rico was taken to the hospital. He had actually suffered an epidural hematoma and skull fracture. He had surgery, and fortunately, he's out of the hospital days later. But during that time, the Mexico State Commission suspended Angelo Demonio, and their base their decision was that he would not he would be remain suspended until Cuervo returned to the ring uh, to wrestle. So that could be anywhere between you know a year, six months, who knows? And I should mention it's the Mexico State Boxy Lucha Commission. A lot of people are confused because Angelo Demonio has actually been getting booked outside of Mexico State in other parts of Mexico. He just got announced to, uh, he's wrestling at some point in Juarez and the Juarez promotion decided to promote him. And at the bottom of the the poster, they actually have a picture of the cinder blocks below him, which I thought was very tasteless. Uh, But, you know, it's Lucha. There's a lot of promoters who are just, you know, it's Mexico also. I mean, that's the that's the way it is. Uh, and then he was also announced for a Monterey show, I think, on December 15th. So a lot of us who thought he would be suspended for, a, you know, or wouldn't be wrestling for an extended period of time, um, I guess we were all wrong. He's already starting up again. Um, he did get, he's not allowed to wrestle in Mexico State, so he got removed from a show in Arena Lopez Mateos. And he was also removed from another show by a promotion called Furia de Titanes. Furia de Titanes is basically a not only a wrestling promotion, but they also um, do a lot of Lucha Libre news. So the guy who is the promoter, or as we should call him, organizer, he made sure to like make sure that he's not a promoter. He's an organizer, but he is a reporter. Um, so he's a reporter for that website, for the Furia de Titanes website or Facebook page. I don't even know what they're what they're what they are now. Um, but he's the or- event organizer for the Furia de Titanes Lucha promotions, Lucha shows, and so he was very, um, ag- very aggressively defending uh, Angelo Demonio on a Facebook Live video. I should mention people need to not do those because he was doing it live, as I said, and he's 
there's a lot of comments and all the comments are just um, bashing him and so the more he bashed they, they bashed him the more he had to felt like he had to defend Angelo Demonio which he kind of tried to justify he said it was a horrible act that he did but you know you know he he also got hit and it and nobody knows lucha extrema unless you've rustled in them um that was not lucha extrema that was basically somebody throwing a brick at a guy's head it wasn't it wasn't wrestling uh i don't think i i don't think in my, all my years of watching um hardcore matches i don't think i've seen somebody use a cinder block in that fashion um the previous week uh i think it was ultima lucha willie mack won a match using a a brick but one of those red bricks and it was a pretty i i mean everybody knows those are worked so because you know those are th- those are pretty common to find in um you know if you're if you're doing a television show and i'm sure the lucha underground people have access to all that stuff but um the, the this guy was very defensive about this he said he wasn't going to remove him from the show and despite people were telling him that that he should and he said the only way i'll remove him is Me- the the commission cuz this promotion as i said is in within mexico state he finally did end up removing him but he constantly kept defending him non-stop this guy just looks like such an idiot um, other people were kind of just like you know at some point you just have to like realize that's if it's your friend say it's your friend um, I don't think I would defend a friend if he did something that stupid I probably wouldn't bury him I'd be there to, for support and stuff but I probably would not be publicly defending him in the way that this guy was defending his um, friend Um Cuervo, while this was going on, there was a lot of um, people showing their support. A lot of luchadors went out of their way to like donate stuff for um, for ben- for his benefit show to get help him get money. Um, there was a benefit show held at Arena Naucalpan that was run by the PAL promotion, and um, a lot of wrestlers get, went uh, showed up not only to wrestle but also to um, to to do a, a conven- like a little meet and greet. You know, some of the I think it was a few AAA guys were there as well. Um, it there there was also a lot of fans who got involved. Um, Rob Viper actually started a, a, a to do, get some um, some people to donate some money through PayPal because you know unfortunately in Mexico they don't use PayPal. So when something like this happens, I think a lot of these luchadors don't realize that there's a lot of fans that would actually be more than happy to help these these guys during a difficult situation. And unfortunately, um, outside of Mexico, we don't really use the whole. Uh, we don't. We're not accustomed to like, you know, sending out our bank account information to uh, through through an email or anything like that, or a, a text or anything. I think we're more accustomed to the whole, um, you know, PayPal. You know, keeping it uh, private, and you know. So I I thought that was cool that he did that. He got a lot of money to help him out. Um, fortunately, Cuervo de Puerto Rico came out of this okay. As far as um, getting out of the hospital being okay, we still don't know what's going to happen with him afterwards. There could always be, you know, this is head trauma. We don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it, unless you're a doctor, or you've gone through that. I don't know if we have the we have the the necessary um, knowledge of what what the future will hold for him. Hopefully, he's all right. I don't even think it, it's about him coming back to Russell. I think it's more about him leading a healthy life, and um, you know. Because I think that's the most important thing. He has a wife, he's got family. Uh, you know, it's 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 an afor- an unfortunate situation. He did mention he wanted to return at some point to um to Mexico to wrestle. That's one of his goals. Um, you know, like I said, hopefully he'll be okay because that was a horrible situation. I just don't, and I just don't get all these promoters that are um, actually booking Angelo Demonio so quickly and thinking that they're going to draw something. Angelo Demonio is not a draw. He never was a draw. I mean, the guy was part of a faction of Los Porros, you know, death matches. I mean, there's plenty of guys. you could, If you really want to do the death matches, there's plenty of guys you could get to do that. Um, a lot. If you want to get an old time wrestler to do to show up because you like that style and just bring in those Diabolicos or some shit like somebody like that, because, you know, it's not it's not like you need Angelo Demonio is basically at that level where he's not that great. He never was that good anyways, but you know, people have this weird, um, this weird fascination with certain, you know, with the, with this, with these sort of, um, incidents and they're trying to make money off of it. Kind of like what they tried to do with Black Scaler a couple of months ago when he, when he got suspended from Juarez and immediately somebody booked them. I think, I think it was somewhere, might've been, 
I can't remember where it was somewhere in northern Mexico that 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 they um they booked them and it just it just seemed like something stupid. I'm pretty sure. I'm guaranteeing that somebody's gonna book Black Skeller versus Angelo Demonio, because you, you know the, the, the there's a sick fascination that some people have with that stuff. Um, but that was that was really the low point in Lucha Libre in the past. I mean, it was a year really. This was really one of those things where it just left the black eye on um on 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 the entire Lucha Libre scene as far as. You know somebody who's who was able to do this. Um, La Park was very upset at the fact that they um, the the commission didn't do more as far as stopping Angel Demonio from wrestling. Um, but you know this is the problem. A lot of these guys they'll say that stuff, but it really takes it really takes the actual wrestlers, luchadors, taking a stand and saying they won't work a show if that guy's on the show for them for people to start to stop booking him. And I don't see that happening. I think guys are just going to forget about it in a couple of months and they'll move on. Um, the the one thing, Angel Demonio, what I thought was very amusing was that this guy is one of those people who when he's going to go down, he's taking a lot of people with him. And during that Facebook Live video, he not only was getting buried by the fans, but he decided to bring along with him Headhunter, um, Juventud Guerrera, um, Oficial AK-47, um, bunch of other people that he was probably going to bury but he he stopped at those three guys uh so you know I, if i was if i was a wrestler i probably wouldn't want to be around him just because of that also <laughs> although i heard a lot of stories about and you know a lot of those guys are probably just as scummy as he is but you know he was the one that actually did the probably the there's just you just can't do that sort of thing it was it was a, it was just a horrible moment um in other news this is some brighter happier news I I haven't been watching a lot of the AAA regular TV tapings because half the shows are good. And, you know, those AAA shows are basically, um, if they'll have six matches, half the the matches will be good and the other half will be bad. Uh, I think CML is kind of starting to trend into that area also, especially if you watch the Legends show from this um, past Friday. You'll you'll probably agree with me that half the matches were good and the other half were perhaps things you should have, you probably could have just done without watching them. Um, and I, that's how I feel with AAA. There's a lot of stuff I don't care about watching. I have no interest in watching Jeff Jarrett or Blue Demon Jr. or Dr. Wagner Jr. A lot of these guys who, who are um, the, the Joe Leader Pagano feud with the, the DTU guys. I have no interest in any of that stuff. But there's a lot of other good stuff that they do that I actually do enjoy. But um, something that I do enjoy from AAA that they've been, done, been doing recently is the Lucha Capital um, shows that they run outside of the Pinchy Gringo barbecue joint. Um, they actually air these live on Facebook, but here's the thing: if you watch it live, these shows are built are geared more towards people who are gonna like sit for two hours and comment on Facebook. Who you know, they've actually added wrestlers doing to um to to join in on commenting on the shows. Um, you the the highlight is Australian Suicide. He's by far the best at at um, commenting. He he may have found his calling as far as um what he's able to do. Uh, Unfortunately, he only does it on these shows. He probably should be doing more stuff like that uh, on Twitter, and because um, he, he he's he's an entertaining he's he's amusing he's entertaining on that. Uh, but these shows have been pretty good for the most part. If you don't watch them live, um, they're basically about forty minutes of wrestling. Uh, the 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 live show actually runs about an hour and a half to two hours, maybe sometimes a little longer than two hours. And there's a lot of st- time wasted on on them um, talking. And, you know, they'll have a wrestler, um, you know, arm wrestle a fan. They'll have people taking selfies. They'll have La Griega interviewing people. Um, they'll have, like, the final segment where everybody's standing around talking and taking pictures with the wrestlers. Uh, so, you know, that's that's um, that's basically the, the stuff that you don't really... It, it's pretty, to me, it's just filler. But the matches themselves are actually... they For the most part, they've been pretty good. The only match I thought that was really horrible was the from no- November 14th. Mascarita Sagrada versus Keira, easily the worst match of this whole series. Um, I don't know what was going on with that. Obviously, the thing was that they had a, a, a Keira who's pretty much her style of wrestling isn't going to mesh well with Mascarita Sagrada, who's you know in his fifties. He's not going to do the stuff that Keira wants to do. So that match just looked awful. Um, a couple of good matches on this that if you just want to watch the good matches, um, October thirty first, the October thirty first. 31st show had Psycho Clown versus Murder Clown yes that was a good match you will not believe me 
But trust me, if you watched it, Murder Clown was surprisingly good in this match. You know, Psycho Clown really brought it for that match. He was really good. Uh, Murder Clown looked very um, far better than he's ever he ever has. Um, he did a couple of dive. I think he did a dive and a, a 619. Uh, but he looked really good. Really good match. Uh, the other match on that show that was really good on the October 31st show was uh, Pentagon Jr. versus Puma King. That's something else people should watch. Um, the 11, the November 7th show had um, Loretto Kid versus Drago, which was really good. A um, couple of other matches that were pretty good on that show also. I think Aerostar and Maximo had a good match. Um, Lady Shani and Lady Maravilla had a had a good match as well. Um, the November 14th show, with the show where I said it was the horrible Kira versus Mascarita Sagrada match, um, that had a really good ma- main event with Phoenix versus Golden Magic. And then it also had Australian Suicide versus Taya, which was actually, I think that was more of a fun match than than a, and, than a match compared to the Phoenix Golden Magic match, which was great. Um, you know, it's funny because Phoenix had a really strong run of really good matches during that time period. Uh, I think he was wrestling a lot of shows during for, for, from about, I think, mid-November all the way through before he got hurt at the at the Leyenda Plata final. Um, he was really on a roll, um, the, the November 23rd show. So he's, he, I think that was really his last, his, the last show he wrestled on. So he actually had a really strong run during that time period, uh, wrestling all over the world. <laughs> Not all over the world, all in the United States and Mexico. A lot of ma- a lot of good matches. Um, the November twenty first show. That's actually the. I think that was the last show I watched. Uh, I think there's a there there's there was a show the previous week that I haven't watched, but um, that had some good matches. Was Drago beating Puma King, Kira versus Vanilla, um, and that also had Conan replacing Vampiro on commentary for that week. Conan was so much better on commentary than Vampiro. He actually cared about calling the matches. Didn't really go out of his way to put himself over or anything. Um, the other highlight was him um, as they're ending the show. As he's um, he's talking to um, Jose Manuel Guillen, who's the regular announcer, not only on Lucha Capital but on AAA's Twitch feeds, on a bunch of AAA stuff. Um, he's pretty much known as Jose Manuel. Uh, Conan calls him Juan Manuel. Um, that cracked me up. Don't worry, Jose Manuel. That happens to all of us. Conan called me Frito, so um, it happens to everyone. And uh, but the na- the commentary was so much better with Conan on it than Vampiro. Unfortunately, they brought Vampiro up back the following week. That show also the November twenty first show was huge because a lot of CMLL super fans showed up at the AAA uh, show at the Pinchy Gringo Barbecue. I don't know, maybe they were there for the barbecue. Who knows? But um, the the super fan, the one that looks like Chilindrina Berenice, she was there, and. The little midget that attends Informa went to that show. I could not believe the betrayal of these two people. And there was actually a couple of other people that I always see on Informa that were at that show. But I won't reveal them. It wasn't anyone famous. It was just the fans. Um, Really, but like I said, this has been really one of the better um, concepts that they've had. Uh, Well, you know, I would say it's not a great concept because any tournament that that in, in Lucha Libre, for whatever reason, it falls apart after the after the the fourth week or so. After the third week, really, the there actually this was the one. Um, the the November twenty first show, the lineup was looked really bad at one point, and they actually changed it up a bit because uh, the way it was booked, there was a lot of matchups that looked like they were going to be bad. I think it had P- Puma King versus Pagano, and a couple of other different matchups. I think it had Vanilla versus uh, Vanilla versus Hijo de Vikingo. I think was in that on that show, but they actually switched it around and had her Russell Kira. They had they made they made it look a little more. Um, a little bit better for the fans and um it, it actually paid off the the tournament's been all over the place just because um a couple of guys had were unable to make a, a show and then um phoenix is now injured so he's not going to be able to continue on and uh, puma king was eliminated early because he had to work he's he's in japan now working for ddt so you know they've they've had to make a lot of changes but overall i thought that i think the the matches themselves have been really solid. The tournament itself—it's what do you expect? It's pretty much like elite or any other pr- tournament that happens. Uh, I think CMLL kind of sometimes pulls it off properly, just because 
it's their guys and they basically already have it planned out for you know it it's either on a friday or it's on a tuesday or whatever day of the week that they run the, they're going to run a tournament and it's only done over uh, 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 between one or three weeks it's not an extended amount of time and um you know maybe this this is something that that promotions should probably realize that long tournaments don't work but if you're going to go with the if you're if you're going to go with the thinking that I don't think they go with the intention of us thinking that oh this is we're going to keep track of the tournament or anything no but I think only a handful of people keep track of it you'd have to be uh you'd have to be reporting on it or be somebody who really wants to keep track of um lucha libre tournaments because the rest of us the rest of everyone else you know you could just you know it's just going to fall apart and this one did but the matches themselves have been solid and the, like i said it, it's a good 40 45 minute show um i think the first show that i watched it kind of felt like what what i think a lot of us were hoping lucha underground would be or continue to be and it's unfortunately that that's not what happened with lucha underground it became more of a storyline oriented promotion and you know that's that's basically what the direction they went in and a lot of the uh, with the, the issues that some of the luchadors had with the visas you know traveling to the united states they had to like pick up a lot of guys that weren't really you know fits for lucha libre like you know jake strong guys like that um other triple a news la park was during this whole angel de o demonio cuervo incident um la park was doing interviews and juventud Guerra interviewed him and decided to ask him about uh, what happened with triple a and la park made a comment that um, he worked a show in Toluca. I think it was sometime. I think it was in late September, um, and he was very upset at how, how, how poorly the talent was treated because they didn't even have a, a, a proper dressing room. So I guess he must have complained about it, and they decided to, um, you know, you know, split, you know, end end that relationship, and now Ali Park is no longer in AAA. I'm sure he'll come back. Um, he, he, pays, he also uh, took a shot at Conan saying that, you know, Conan's one of those guys who, who you know, he never takes, accepts responsibility in any type of um, situation. He usually passes the blame to someone else and he kind of he said that, you know, every single time he sees Conan, Conan tells him he's going to change. He's gonna, it's going to be different and it's always the same, the same thing. So he's, he's decided he's going to move on from that for the time being. And, you know, right now, the park is so in, in demand right now, not just wrestling in Mexico, but in the United States uh, with MLW and all these other promotions. So, you know, he's, he's been, um, he's kind of seeing a, a bit of a career revival right now. Um, hard to believe what was it like two years ago when he was dealing with that with that um with that um health issue what was it like in late late in like late in during a year where he just he was just talking about how, how serious it was he was out for like two or three months and um he's been back and he's been doing really well since then um the other other news as far as guys working outside of mexico um roosh roosh is going to be finally wrestling in ring of honor and he's also going to be debuting for MLW. I have a weird feeling at some point that's going to cross paths where, um, you know, Ring of Honor might. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be an issue. But I'm guessing Ring of Honor might actually try to talk CML out of allowing their guys to work for MLW. I would not be shocked if that happens at some point uh, where guys have to decide. And I think a lot of the guys, a lot of the CML guys would benefit better from not working Ring of Honor and would probably do better off working, you know, independent promotions like MLW, PWG, AAW, you know, just because I don't see, I don't really see the point in that. None of the guys who go to Ring of Honor are getting like bookings outside of that. Uh, most of the guys who work like outside of that have actually been getting more bookings. Like, you know, they actually get more interest from other promoters. Um, so Ro Roosh and Dragon Lee will be debuting for MLW in December. Uh, on the December 13th and 14th shows, uh, Roosh is working um, Shane Strickland and um, Rich Swan, and I think Dragon Lee is working Rich Swan on one on the show where Roosh is wrestling Shane Strickland. Um, so that should be some that should be something to look forward to. Um, it's it's the next wave of guys who are probably going to be making big names on the U.S. independents. I do think that's going to be something we're going to see as 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 WWE starts to add you know, more independent talent. And when you start to see, you know, promotions like Ring of Honor, Impact, trying to add more guys that aren't going to, you know, that they want to just make sure that don't work, you know, just to keep them on the, in, in their, within their promotion. 
I do I do think we're going to probably see a lot of more luchadors working in the U.S. Bandito's already working a lot over here, and you know Flamita. I would think there's going to be at least I think at Chisero at some point we'll probably get more bookings in the United States. There's going to be a couple of guys that are probably going to get do get do a little more in the U.S. in 2019. Um, CMLL. Let's get to some more CMLL news. Well, actually, we should talk about Dragon Lee now that he's going to be in MLW. We should mention he's off the island. He's off the Exatlon reality TV series. He is off the island because of an ear infection. He His first announced matches are actually those MLW shows. He's already announced that he will be on the CMLL Christmas Day show in Arena, Mexico. So I think that's his return. That's a long time for him to be away from wrestling. It's kind of unfortunate because he missed out on a lot of possible matchups. But you know... Who knows, maybe he'll get to get do those in the upcoming weeks, months, and in, and entering 2019. He's been missed just because, you know, with CMLL, for whatever reason, it feels like instead of getting younger, they're just getting older and older. It might be all these anniversary and legend shows that, that are causing my uh, my mind to see these, just an old promotion. I think half the rosters are really old, and the other half is like the young guys are rarely on shows. The CMLL Dia de Muertos shows... If you have not watched these, um, the November 2nd show, Cubs fan has just uploaded to YouTube. It is in, unfortunately, the show when it was, when it aired on iPay-Per-View was in horrible quality. Um, I wouldn't say it's horrible quality. I'd just say bad quality. You can see the matches. It just freezes up a lot at certain moments. I think it, I think it wears out. I think it kind of improves late in the matches. So it's actually like, I think the, the final two matches actually improved the qual- the video quality, but the audio, there was some issues early on with drums playing throughout the first match. So that that was a big issue. And then you had a lot of other stuff that went on that, that was um, kind of like messed up. Um, the Micros match was pretty good. That's really when the audio got finally got fixed. Sansone beating Templario to retain the prestigious Rated Inframundo title. I think that is the most important title now in CMLL. I mean, or that or the universal title because those are the titles that everybody talks about and they haven't been, um, they actually have a show built around them. That was a really good match. You should watch that. Even if there's any video quality problems, just trust me, go watch it. It's it's really good. The main event um, I thought was okay. It was I, th- I thought it was good. Um, Diamante Azul was a total asshole on that, on that show. Very unprofessional. He uh, tossed one of the, the mascots you know, very poorly. It wasn't something that was planned. He actually just did it because he could. And I thought that was just very, I, I've grown to dislike Diamante Sul more and more every single time I see him. Uh, just, a, just a jerk. Uh, the uh, the November 6th show, I only watched the, the title match. Cuatrero beating Titan to retain the CML World Middleweight title. Really good match. Another, that was another good match that I recommend people watch. That was the Tuesday show. Uh, yeah, that was basically all I watched. I kind of thought this year's Dia de Muertos shows weren't really that, you know, they really didn't put as much effort into it. I didn't think the, it didn't feel, the vibe wasn't that great as like it usually is. And they brought in Michael Elgin for the, for the November 2nd, um, Dia de Muertos show, but, and they had Penta and, um, you know, LA Park and Phoenix and all these guys, but it just kind of felt like, I don't know. It just felt like the show was a little bit, you know, underwhelming as far as how they were doing it. Um. Other CMLL news, Diamante Azul and Valiente beat Rush and Terrible to become new CML World Tag Team Champions. Um, I did not see that coming. Um, I think that's always been in CML's plans for like the last two, three years where they've wanted to have Diamante Azul hold the tag team title for whatever reason. Um, I think that was the team that was going to beat. I think they were the team that was supposedly, or it might have been Stuka Jr. not Valiente who were supposed to beat um, Nero Casas and Shocker, but those guys were always hurt. They finally did it with these guys. I don't know why they switched it from Rush and Terrible. Diamante Azul Valiente isn't a very entertaining tag team. Uh, they're, they're just not, they don't do anything for me. Uh, also, that same, that happened on Sunday, November 18th. On November 19th in Puebla, Marcela beat Dallas to become the new CML Women's Champion. Uh, that was... I don't really know. Was that expected, unexpected? I mean, Dallas held the title for a long time. Uh, I don't really know. They really haven't built anyone up to challenge them. Ever since Zuxi's left, there's really not been anybody in the promotion that you could honestly say is 
like the next great female wrestler in the promotion. Um, and I don't think we're going to see that because I think with WWE getting more and more like involved in, in bringing in talent and doing tryouts, you're not going to get a lot of the, the, the women that are young are always going to try to like get it, take an opportunity to go, you know, to the WWE. Um, so really we're, we're going to be stuck with a lot of the women who are just there to like, you know, filling their, they're either old or they're filling their time to go to WWE. Really? That's, that's how I, or do a WWE tryout. You know, that's, that's their, their goal. Um, good for them, but you know, it's kind of unfortunate for us because we actually have to watch this, their matches. Um, like I said, Barbara Carvernario beat King Phoenix to win the Leyenda Plata on November 23rd. Really good match. Actually, one of the better matches of the year. I think it's probably at the level of the of their first encounter, and that was really good. Also, I think I might have picked that as my best ma- the the best match of the. That might have been the match I picked for best match of the year at that point six months ago. At the six month point, I think it might have been because I remember we did we did a we did a top our favorite matches of the year. That might have been the one I picked, uh, but this match was just I thought it. I think it might. I think it might have been a notch below that one, just because of, um, towards the end they kind of Phoenix getting hurt, they weren't able to do as much. Uh, but they did actually. They did a lot. They did a lot more than most people would do. Uh, uh, Carvernario, King Phoenix put their bodies through a lot. Planchas to the floor, dives to nowhere from King Phoenix, um, dives twisting tornillos, everything they could come up with, they did it. Um, King Phoenix at some point suffered a hurt his um hurt it suffered a pull groin and now he's missing the remainder of the year he's missing all of de- December which you know is unfortunate but at least he'll come back at some point and hopefully you know he's a guy who's just always his efforts always there and I really look forward to him wrestling Carvernario again and I think that's going to be the plan I think that's going to be a match on the I would say that's probably going to happen on the on the first Friday show of 2019 when they do the best of show, that's going to be interesting. What will they pick? I would think they're going to pick something that nobody cares about because there's always that one match that everybody's like, yeah, that was nobody cared about that. Besides, you know, CML thinks it was something good. I would think Carvernario versus King Phoenix would be one of the matches. I would think maybe Quatrero versus Angel de Oro would probably be another one just because I think they, or they would do Dinamitas versus somebody. Um, I think they'll do something with the girls Laguneros. Maybe Templario versus someone also. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting um, thing to look forward to. I think, you know, Carvernario got a lot of heat because he did, of that one spot that King Phoenix did. Like I mentioned, the dive to nowhere. A lot of fans were upset at him. For whatever reason, they were more upset about that. A guy throws a cinder block. These people don't get upset. Guy, a planned spot in a match and they get upset. I mean, who figures? And uh, But, you know, he was very... Thing, this is a this was the difference this guy was very respectful he wasn't gonna like he wasn't gonna he was kayfabing everyone on on the spot he didn't say anything about oh it was planned or anything he kayfabed everyone and um and he gave a respectful um response it wasn't anything where he was gonna bury anyone um he talked about how how you know king phoenix actually like gave him credit for being a great wrestler and also said he was a great person and then carvernario said the same thing about king phoenix um you know, it's wrestling. Some people are going to get hurt. And that's, you know, this is very different to what the other, you know, incident that happened where this was something that could happen. Whereas the other thing was something that could have been prevented. Um, this could have been prevented too, I'm sure. But I mean, you know, these guys are doing a lot of craziness. And, you know, I just thought it was a really good match. Uh, the other news of that show was actually um, Templario was officially added to the Guerreros Laguneros. That was mentioned right after their matchup with the Dinamitas, where they lost to the Dinamitas. It was Mascareño Dos Mil's anniversary match. Um, Templario is a great fit in this group, as shown in this match. That was a really good match. Um, I do think Templario, this was the best thing for him. Uh, like I said, it was when they were trying to like start a, up this whole idea of him being part of the, the, the Revolucionarios with Dragon Rojo and Polvora. I thought that was a horrible idea. And then people thought maybe they could form a new trio with him and some other guys. That's not going to be that. That would have been fine, but it would have also been something an uphill battle because I think CML is you know the team the, the trios or factions that they view as main eventers. 
they basically have them already at the top and anybody else is all i'm going to be stuck at you know at the the fourth match and below so templario gets in the girls laguneros were already a main event fact um trio faction so he he'll get to work you know semi-main events main events you know he's not going to be you know low end you know he's actually going to get a little bit of a, a more of an opportunity and he's somebody who's really talented and hopefully gets more um hopefully gets to work in the u.s at some point because i think he's really good uh we also had the cml bodybuilding competition on november 26th and once again microman was robbed he did not win in the micro stars division category of bodybuilding and he did not win mr cmll that went back again to astral very disappointed in all that i was really looking forward to microman being called mr cmll but apparently these judges do not know how to properly judge bodybuilding competitions because we all know microman is the best bodybuilder and best luchador of all times and he should have won this and this is this is really this is really the most upsetting thing out of all the news I've talked about today that's the thing that's bothered me the most <laughs> until I get to the next thing that I'm going to talk about which was the CML Legends show uh, you know unfortunately these anniversary shows that they've been they did this year for Blue Panther Nero Casas Atlantis and Mascaño dos Mil and now they did the Legends show it kind of felt like they did, they overdid this stuff I think this is something that they really have to like cut back on because they are bringing them some legends out of the woodwork. Like I didn't even know. Like I knew Jerry Estrada wrestled on a couple of indie shows. I think he wrestled a show in Monterey a couple like a couple months ago. But I didn't really think they were CML would even think about bringing him in. Uh, that was insane. They had Jerry Estrada on this show. Uh, the last time he was in CMLL was like twenty six or twenty eight years ago. Twenty six years ago, back in nineteen ninety two. Twenty six years ago. Think about that. He has not been CMLL. Um, and, and not only that, he's just not been good. And, you know, the funniest thing is, like, during his match, uh, Leobardo Magadan was talking about how um, it was a couple of years ago where Jerry Estrada was confined to a wheelchair because of his knees being so shot from all the dives and all the, the wear and tear in, that he had in, in Lucha Libre and um, all the other stuff that he does out of the ring that it um, he... He, he was in a wheelchair and you know here he is wrestling good good um good way to advertise the legend show um the legend show half the show was good half the show was awful you could, if you want to know what the, the bad half was it was all the legends matches all the legends matches were awful the the non-legends matches were actually pretty good the micro stars match was good the nueva generacion dinamita versus ingo bernablas match was good because the Ingobert Nobles match was actually Barbara Carvernario with Terry Blin and Rouge. So you knew that was going to be actually a really good match. And the CML World Trios title match between Guerreros Laguneros beating Volador Jr. Caristico and Mystico to retain their titles. That was a good match. But the Legends matches were awful. Uh, the opening match was Trio Fantasia versus Diabolicos. Last year, they actually had a miracle and had an okay match. Okay, that does just because I said okay doesn't mean I thought it was good. I said it was okay, passable. It's the type of match you could see at an at an indie show, you know, anywhere. You, I'm sure those of you who've gone to indie lucha shows, you've seen some really bad matches that are actually passable. Uh, this was passable at that point last year. This year it was awful. These guys could not do anything besides other than Super Raton. Everybody else looked really bad in this match. Uh, Super Raton. You know, for whatever reason, for being the chubbiest guy, he actually could move, and he showed that again. But the rest of the guys looked awful. Uh, the the other match, the other legends match that featured Jerry Estrada, Negro Navarro, and Fuerza Guerrera versus Solar, um, Mano Negra, and Felino. That match was really bad. One of the worst matches I've seen. If this match was like on a Triple Mania, we would be talking about this as worst match of the year. But since it was in the CMLL show, I, I, on a Friday show, and the fact that there are so many CMLL shows that have bad matches, this will probably just be grouped in with the, all the other bad matches. You know, all those opening matches and all those Tuesday matches that people just dread watching, this will probably just be grouped with those. And people will just pretend that this never happened. Unfortunately, we're probably just going to get something similar next year. Uh, Jerry Estrada didn't, could barely climb down the stairs. Um, at one point, he fell off the steps of the the side end, the, on the side of the entrance. You know how it has steps. He fell off of them. Um, 
he looked really bad. I'm sure he was a little bit, um, he might have been on the sauce or something. Um, who knows? But he looked really bad. And that match, Mano Negra, Suegro, muy mal, muy mal, muy mal. He looked bad. Um, I felt bad for all these guys because it wasn't too long ago. Some of these guys look good. I thought Negro Navarro and Solar kind of tried at one point, but Negro Navarro cannot, like, it, it, he can't do this stuff now. I mean, it, it's not, it, he just, I mean, the guy had a heart attack last year, so it's like you can't really expect them to do too much now. And um, really, Solar, the last couple of times he's been shown, he's looked a lot slower. All these guys have slowed down a lot. It's very unfortunate. I think it's kind of time that some of these guys maybe start, you know, cutting white. It's the problem that CML has. Like, this is what they want. They would rather have all these old guys on more shows. We've seen Octagon, Forza get booked more often on, on CML shows. Uh, we've seen Cyber the main man on more shows. I do group him in these guys because he's really bad. Um, as opposed to, like, elevating the younger guys. Like, I would much rather watch, you know, Super Astro Jr. get a shot at, you know, a singles match with somebody and look good. Or, you know, maybe Tiger versus somebody, you know, build up a feud with him and some other young guy, you know, Audaz versus Templario. But, you know, we're just, instead we're just going to get a lot of Legends matches and, you know, it's unfortunate. It's part of the, our, it's part of our CMLL um, culture now that they're going to just have these Legends all the time. The other news is for from a CMLL luchador, luchadora, this is huge news. Sanelli won her first Women's Championship on November 24th. She won the RO Wrestling Women's title from beating Princessa Suhei to be the first champion. This is now the most prestigious women's title because Sinelli holds it. You know, really? I I don't, you know, RO Wrestling. Why do you need a a women's title, honestly? One of the best matches that I watched in November. Ultimo Girl versus Corsario Negro Jr., Hair match. This was really good. November 3rd, Arena San Juan. I think it was for the film promotion. This was really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. I think it's already... When I watched it, it was only a handheld version. I think um, I think Mas Lucha might have put, put up the, the the a portion of the show. And I think that's on that. Uh, I think it was film or it might have been Mexico Wrestling. It might have been one of those groups, but it's it's on it's on Mas Lucha. Uh, just look up the November third. Um, you could you know you could look at how you could find a lot of these matches. Um, go to Lucha Blogs database, and you just go by month or by year, or you could use the Match Finder and you just put up Ultimo Guerrero singles match, 2018, and you'll find that. And there will be a link to the video. Actually, you know, that's one of the things Cubs fan does really well. He, he puts up a little, um, the timestamp on there. So you click on it and it takes you to the match. That was a really good match. Um, the, the benefit show for Cuervo actually had a really good match with, um, all the, all the really good high flyers from, um, uh, from the indie scene. I think it was, um, Freelance, Dragon Bane, Ares, uh, uh Toxin, I think was in it. Um, all the guys, there's a bunch of guys that are from Aramis, really good match. That was also something worth watching. Uh, really fun match. A lot of good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I still haven't watched. Um, I did watch Lucha Underground's Ultima Lucha. I actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, I didn't watch the entire season just because a lot of the stuff is so dumb. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of some of the storylines that they were using. And some of the stuff that some of the matches themselves just weren't very appealing. Um but I did watch Ultima Lucha, the final two shows, and I actually thought it was really good. I actually enjoyed the the for the most part the show. I wish it was. Um, I wish the. I kind of, I kind of noticed um, Lucha Underground isn't what it was, and I don't think it will be because you're just getting so many of the guys. Who have a shot to go to WWE? They're just not going to sign contracts or go anywhere to risk that opportunity of being in, in WWE. So it's going to make it harder for a lot of these other promotions to get these guys. It's unfortunate that everybody, that's the direction everybody, you know, honestly, I think, I think there should be a way uh, there. A lot of the guys need to find a way to like realize when the timing is right for them to go. Because sometimes a lot of these guys would be better off working independence just because it's a good way to build your name up. And you could actually, if you're smart, you could actually brand yourself and, you know, sell merchandise on your own. We've seen a lot of the the U.S. guys who aren't in WWE be able to do this, like Cody, Joy, Joy Ryan. You know, the Young Bucks. They've been able to make earn a nice, healthy living, not being a part of WWE. 
Um, and I think a lot of luchadors probably should, um, and some of the other independent guys should really learn to do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe they, it's, it's harder for them, but, you know, everybody has that dream of going to WWE. You know, and that's cool, but I think there's also a thing where you just have to realize, do you really want to go to WWE and spend, you know, I think it's months or a year, a year, you know, at the performance center for some guys, and then some guys end up just working dark house shows, um, NXT, you do the NXT Largo, uh, the, 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 the Largo tours and shit like that. It's like, do you really want to like waste your time and, and do that? Do you want to be on, or do you want to be a big enough name where you could actually go immediately to the next level that you're not going to be like wasted so for, for like an extended amount of time? You know, Mascara Dorada as Grand Metalik, you know, he's he's kind of not done a lot. Um, sometimes he doesn't even wrestle for the most part, but what do I know? I'm not I'm not a wrestler. I'm not the one making this decision. Um, some guys would be better off doing like like I said, it's better off pick the right time, maybe like. You know, I think kind of Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee's kind of been one of those guys who's kind of like, I don't know. I don't think he, I don't think the WWE has really gone after him too hard right now, but I think he's at that age where a lot of the guys who are like in the young up and coming indie guys in, in Mexico or even the guys that are in CML that are young, you could probably like wait till you're like 28, 25 to twenty eight to go to WWE. I mean, there's so many places right now to wrestle that you're you're going to get an opportunity somewhere else. I should mention some other news from, from November. November 17th, Hombre Bala Sr. passed away um, on a Saturday. He was eight, at the age of 65. And, um, you know, for those of you who don't, didn't really get a chance to watch Hombre Bala, there's some... I, if you go on my YouTube channel, you could find some stuff. And you really, you just have to do a, a YouTube search on Hombre Bala. Um, you'll get a lot of his um, his son's matches as well, but uh, you could find a lot of his stuff. I think what, there's a couple of early 80s matches of his that I posted, early to mid 80s. But um, most of what's available is his um, during his run when he was part of the Bucaneros. But he had a really, um, I, I did a, a, a bio for him about um, his career as um, when he first started as Chamaco Ortiz. There's also a little bit about him as Hombre Bala, the masked Hombre Bala, and then later on dropping his mask to Atlantis, and then his his career as part of the Bucaneros, first with Pirata Morgan and Jerry Estrada, then when Jerry Estrada left, teaming up with um his both his brothers Pirata Morgan and El Verdugo, um, then there's the 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 late run that he had as Monster in AAA, where he got to team up with Chucky, uh, you know he's he's somebody that had had a pretty solid career. Um, he actually, you know, towards the end, he really had a lot of injuries, a lot of health issues. And unfortunately, you know, I think that's what caught, caught up to him. All the health issues caught up to him. And he, you know, he unfortunately passed away at the age of 65. But he was really good. I mean, for those of you who, who didn't get a chance to see him, you should check him out. He was really good. It's a tough time for Pirata Morgan because he's lost both his brothers. And the, the, the Ortiz family is one of the bigger families in Lucha Libre. With so many of the, you know, the kid, the the brothers wrestled. The, they had a sister-in-law who wrestled. Hombre Bala's wife, India Sue, wrestled. India Sue, um, Hombre Bala's kids wrestled. Um, his his kids, of course, being India Sue and um, Drone in CML. And um, there, he also has another son that wrestles as Monster. So he's actually, there's Ray Bucanero's a, a nephew. Uh, Ray Bucanero was very emotional after he lost his um, a hair match. They actually had a hair match. Him and Niebla Roja where he lost... He lost the hair match. That was the same show that the Diamante, Sul and Valiente uh, won the tag titles. And Ray Bucanero was very emotional about um, his his uncle's passing. He talked about how he was the one that actually got a lot of the family members to get into into Lucha Libre. And um, he helped them out a lot. So he he, de he he wanted to dedicate that match to his his um his uncle. Um, very, very, um, very emotional moment for Ray Bucanero. And I think this is about it just because there's no there's there's not much else to talk about. I was trying to think about anything else to talk about. Um coming up, um I think I'll do another podcast recapping um Guerra de Titanes. I was going to do it for this one, but I figured I could just do move that one on to a next uh, an upcoming episode just because you know, I honestly don't even know if I'm going to watch the entire thing because that lineup changed. I think there's a couple of things that changed King Phoenix not being on the show and then there's a few other things that I'm sure 
you know, some of the matches I'm just not really that thrilled to watch. But I think I'll probably do that. And I think there'll probably be a lot more AAA on the next show just because of that and the Lucha Capital shows. And um, I think there'll be a, oh, actually, there'll probably be some trip, some CML stuff as well, just because they usually have some, um, they announced they're going to see Sin Piedad. I don't know if I'm going to do a, the, the, I'm not, I'm, I usually hide during the holidays just because CML does those, does those really bad, um, those bad shows during the holidays. I don't like doing podcasts during that time period because they're usually really bad. But I'll probably be doing one covering Cuquera de Titanes and the Lucha Capital and the, whatever's, whatever the latest news is happening. So I think that's about it for this week. Uh, for more podcasts, be sure to visit luchaworld.podbean.com for our archive of podcasts and interviews. Uh, you could listen to the interview with Echicero. Uh, I actually had to cut out certain parts of that interview because I... Uh, Actually, I only cut out like the beginning where I'm telling them some some story. You guys don't need to know, know those stories. And then right afterwards, there's a there's a part. Actually, I don't think I cut out at the end because at the end, I think I might have left where we were talking about him going to the airport. I might have taken that out. I think I might have left that on. You can also check out the podcast on iTunes. Yeah, it's always I always forget to mention that we're on iTunes. You're probably listening to this on iTunes anyways. Um, also, check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash luchaworld which features the Lucha Classica podcast, Lucha Magazine recaps, and more. Um, that only starts between 3 to $5 uh, a month. That's uh, I've been trying to do that a little more frequently, but unfortunately, you know, like I said, it's one of those things when you're writing a lot on, on the main website, doing, you know, somebody passes away, I have to write a bio. If I'm doing podcasts on Lucha Talk, I think I, I, think I, I, think I do so many other things outside of the the norm that it's like it's hard to like have dedicate a little extra time to patreon but i i'm gonna try i think i'm gonna do the rio de jalisco senior podcast next for lucha classica um and i think i'm gonna i've already found a magazine there's two magazines i'm debating for debating on for the for to to translate to and one of them is one of them's from christmas which i just found which has um which has a, a, a story on, on a luchador by the name of Lawrence of Arabia. And then there's another one that is, um, that has a, I think it's, it's called, it's the Campal magazine. I haven't done a Campal magazine. So I was thinking of doing that. The thing is, um, boxy luchas magazines. The reason you might not see me doing that many of the Lucha magazine recaps, um, the boxy Lucha magazine is basically, if you've not seen the boxy Lucha magazine, half the magazine is box and the other half is Lucha. So I'm able, to, and then the lucha portion. A lot of it's just um, there's about two pages where it's just um, upcoming shows, so it's easier to translate, easier to write about. Yeah, I could do those a little bit quicker. Unfortunately, to me in my head, it doesn't make sense to me to like put everything in order because I always assume people are going to get bored of reading about the '60s or a certain time or the '80s or the '90s or a certain time period. So I end up like going all over the place. Like I'll post a '60s. Um, magazine recap but then i'll do an 80s recap and then i'll do maybe a, a 70s recap or a 90s recap that's kind of like what i've been trying to do uh, but the thing is like some of the magazines if it's not boxy lucha it'll be like halcon or lucha libre or um campal and those magazines actually have the entire magazine is um, um all lucha libre coverage uh, the bad thing is that there's a lot of the stuff that's just wasted because it's a lot of stuff that's um it's not really gossip it's more um the 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 writers trying to be like smart so they're trying to like be like tell stories that make no, no sense to us. It's not really newsworthy or anything that's going to like make any difference. So I've been trying to make sure not to add that stuff into the recaps. Uh, I'm trying to stick to just the Lucha stuff. I'm trying to like just stick to the, the news. Um, the last one I did actually had this really cool feature on Solitario that I really enjoyed um, translating. Um, that's the stuff I really enjoy. At some point, my goal is that I've done enough of the magazine on write-ups that i could do a podcast more like on a on a regular basis where it's like a monthly you know look at each you know uh, every year and then just look at a certain month every year and like tell talk about that uh, that's kind of like my goal i want to i want to do that at some point i don't know if it's going to happen because as i said there's a lot of lucha Libre magazines there's about i think there's about um there's about six five to six bins that i have of lucha magazines so you know I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that point where I actually feel comfortable doing a, a podcast in that format where it's monthly. Um, I could I could do it easily with stuff from 90, 1998 forward. 
I would have no problem doing that. But like, if I'm going to go back in time, it's going to be something that I need to have like air, all the information. And I think it's possible. That's the thing that I think that's what I enjoy. It's the fact that it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of time to do it, to get to that point. Um, but that's something to look forward to on the Patreon page. If you if you sign up at some point, you know, you just, even if you don't want to, if you don't sign up, just check or or you're not or you sign up and you like get out, you decide not to continue on. Keep checking back because at some point you're probably going to see that there's going to be more content. There's probably going to be a lot more stuff that you're going to be interested in. Uh, like I said, it's something that it's not it's not something that that I was going to start immediately with a hundred different things available on it. It was going to start. You're going to have to see the growth over time. Um, some people enjoy that aspect of a of a website or 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 podcast or anything like that, or you know, page Patreon page. Others would rather just get into it when it's already you know ha- they already have all the content available or have a certain amount of content. And I understand that's fine. Um, but that said, I think that's about it for this week. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you again real soon.